You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. When it comes to trouble, contextually, there are three things based upon the Hebrew word that trouble means. The first thing that trouble connotes is a time that brings forth confusion or something perplexing. And if you have ever been in trouble, the enemy sees trouble in your life as an opportunity to confuse you. To play with your mind. To try to get you to switch sides. Yeah, the enemy would take your trouble as an opportunity to get you to start doing what he desires you to do. <laughs> Woo, I, I, I don't want folk to know all your business, but I'm, I just wonder, have anybody ever been in trouble and you just allow the enemy to come on in and he started playing with your mind? Woo, I know you sanctified this morning. Holy Ghost feel, and that with a burning fire, but just, just being honest this morning, have you ever allowed trouble to cause you to get out of the will of God? I done, I done been there. Where I allowed what I was going through to, to cause me to question things that I never should have questioned. To cause me to enter into a state of confusion even though I knew according to 1 Corinthians 14 that God is not the author of confusion but of peace. Well, in the churches. Who in the churches? Saints. Saints should live a life of peace and not confusion. That, that does not mean you're not going to battle spirits that come with confusion. Battle spirits that come to mess with your mind. You just have to be determined that you're going to fight whatever spirit comes to try to confuse you. But trouble, but trouble often comes with confusion. Especially when the enemy comes in and says, look, you, you're looking for God to do this, but look at what's happening. He'll try to make it confused. But you have to let the enemy know God in charge. God has the final say. And whatever God says is right. Not only that, all things 
work together for the good to those who love God. Say to your neighbor, the one person you have to put the word on is the enemy. You want scripture? Matthew 4. Who put the word on the devil? Jesus. The other person or enemy that you have to put the word on is yourself. Or specifically your flesh or carnal nature. Why? We're carnally minded when we yield to what our flesh is saying versus being led by the spirit. And because we wrestle with ourselves, we have to put self under subjection. Have you ever messed up yourself? But if you would have put yourself under subjection, it wouldn't have happened. Satan, demons, and self are our biggest enemies. You have to fight yourself because when the enemy come in with confusion, he baiting you. He wants you to take the bait. That's the reason Paul said to the churches, don't give no place to the enemy. The second thing that trouble represents, according to the Hebrew word, is a challenging, a difficult time. You're being challenged. Is difficult for you. But that's trouble. I just wish I could just have it easy all the time on earth. No, no, you're trying to make earth heaven. Now we're gonna have some heavenly moments down here. Jesus promised that. But but make no mistake about it. Earth is not heaven. Trouble going to come down here. Trouble going to come to every house in here. You're going to have to deal with something challenging or difficult. Your dream job. Your dream job. The one you prayed about and when you got. you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Guess what? It's going to be some trouble on your dream job. That baby you was happy about giving birth to? The one you talked talk that baby talked to? Ain't you but you but you. You love my but don't. don't. Sooner or later, that child, because that child was born into sin, is going to give you some trouble. Your best friend, (laughs) sooner or later, is going to be some trouble. 
Your spouse? Oh, yeah, this is who God. I know this is who God wants. Sooner or later, you and that person are going to go through a difficult stage. Say to somebody for me, it's called trouble. And it's going to visit your house. Matter of fact, it's that some houses, right? And the final thing that trouble means in, in the text is something that's real or serious. And so when, when you have something that's real or serious, you can't play with that. You can't just listen to everybody when you're dealing with something that's real or serious. The best thing to do when you're, when you're dealing with trouble is to go to God's word and see what he has to say about trouble. Holy Spirit gave me one verse in reference to trouble that you know, you, you've heard me quote, you quoted it, but I want to go there. Let's go to Psalm 46 and 1. I'm going to read it today. I could quote it, but I want to read it because I want you to see it. And don't fake on me. Go there. Psalm 46 and 1. God is our refuge. And refuge means a place of shelter or protection. When God protects you, that means that he's your defense. The enemy, the enemy will come at you, but God ain't going to let the enemy do but so much. Don't ever think that the enemy can have a field day on your life. No, no God is sovereign. God is in charge. Whatever an enemy does. You have to understand that God is still God. God is still sovereign. And, and David so understood it to where, look at what he penned. God is our refuge. He's our defense. If you want to know who's fighting for you, it's God. Because sometimes you, you can't even fight for yourself because you don't know what you're fighting against. But your omniscient God knows all, sees all, and he has your back, front, your side, and he's on top of you. Woo. Look at somebody and say, God got you covered. He is your refuge. Y'all ain't happy yet. God is our refuge and what? Strength. The Bible says his strength is made perfect. Get this. In our weakness. When you can hardly step, God says, I got you. 
when you're trying to figure it out, God said, don't, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm going to lead you in the whole truth. Just, just follow me. He is our refuge and strength. Man, you, you can just be feeling down. And all of a sudden, God will send the wind. Or send the word. Or God can, can, can cause just a feeling to come all over you from your crown to the sole of your feet. And you'd be like, man, I, I was feeling down, but God, I feel good now. You ever had one of them God feelings? What I mean by that, when God just gave you a good feeling. You knew it wasn't nobody in the room but you and God. And, and, and you just started thinking about something and then all of a sudden you were transformed just in an instance because God allowed his spirit he allowed his Shekinah glory to touch you from your crown to the sole of your feet whoa you better tell somebody can't nobody do you like Jesus whoa come on and roll with me tell somebody else can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus Our refuge and strength. How many have ever been in a low place? Everything that can go wrong is taking place in your life. And folk who normally can cheer you up, they can't reach you. When you get in that place, it means it's a, God, it's a job for God. It, it's a time for you to say, God, I need that strength you talked about in Psalm 46 and 1. I need you to be from me what my spouse can't be. I need you to be from me what my preacher can't be. I need you to be from me what my doctor can't be. I need you to be my strength. Look at the verse. Keep looking at the verse. God is our refuge and strength. We finna drop it. A very present help in trouble. You know, in, in, in the midst of pain. Man, man, I was going through something so horrendous one time, and, and, and I was just praying. I, I, I was just saying, Lord, you got you to just move this. You got to move this. You got to move. And then the Holy Spirit said, it, said this just so clearly. He said, Walker, it could be worse. And I just paused. I paused, and, and, and I started looking at what I was going through. And I start comparing it to what folk went through in scripture and what folks have experienced in my life. And, and though the pain didn't change, I immediately went into a hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I said, Lord, it's hurt, but you're right, it could be worse. I could be I could be a sinner and on my way to hell, though I'm in pain. 
you still wealth. Say to your neighbor, I don't know what you're going through. But I want you to consider one thing. It could be You may have been moaning and complaining about what you're going through, but ask yourself, could it be? I got a scripture to back me up to. Paul sought God three times about what he was going through. Just kept praying because he wanted God to take that thing away. But, it, but in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and following, God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul said, Paul said after God dropped that word in his being, he said, therefore, I'm going to glorify him in my infirmities. I'm going to give him the praise even though I'm going through it. I'm going to turn in victory even though it seemed like victory ain't nowhere around. I'm going to leap for some joy even though tears are popping out my eyes. Because I know sooner or later this too shall pass. Weeping may endure for a night, but listen to this. God is our and a very present help in trouble. You gotta praise him no matter what you're going through. Well, Pastor, you don't uh, no, you gotta praise him no matter what you're going through. Well, Pastor, but it's short on this end and, and it ain't right. You got to praise it no matter what you're going through because if God got your he going to make sure everything turns out well. The psalmist said he was in the midst of trouble. Look at Psalm 138 and 7. He was in the midst, in the middle of it. it it's, it's a portrait of him being surrounded by nothing but trouble. You, you got to understand, when, when you're in the midst and it's like you are surrounded, it's like there's no way out. If I go up, trouble. If I go to the side, trouble. If I look back, I'm in the midst. And all around me is it's trouble. Some of us have been down. You, you could pull out a pile of stuff. Pile of reports. They say, look, this is what I'm going through right now. And, and if you choose the human way, you could complain about being in the midst 
of trouble. And, and I got to say it. There are some saints that do have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That when they are in the midst of trouble. Though they have the Holy Spirit. They still choose to act like a human. Y'all ain't ready for me over here. They still choose to murmur and complain because they are surrounded by trouble. And as free moral agents, you have that choice. You can complain even, even though you have the greatest gift residing on the inside of you. That is able to lead you in the midst of your misery, pain, affliction, or difficulty. I used to be a person that was saved, Holy Ghost filled. But when I got in trouble, I got it in the flesh. I started acting like a sinner. Cutting up. Y'all know how that is. Cutting up. It didn't help nothing. I got stuff off my chest, as old saying go. Let God know it and appreciate. You ever told God off before? And, and, and get this. You telling God off and God like, uh, well, say what you got to say. I ain't even got nothing to say about it. Say what you got to say. You ever told him off and he didn't say a word to you. Because he don't deal with that childish mess. We need to learn from that though. Sometimes when folk just go off on it. Uh, go ahead. Uh, okay, you. You feel that way, but I'm, I'm okay with you. I, go on off. He was in the midst of trouble. But get this. He had confidence in God. He, he was in the midst of trouble, but he yet had confidence in the one that could remove everything he was going through. God could just wipe it out. In an instance. What you're going through right now, God could, God could wipe it out before you snapped your, snapped your fingers. He could, wipe, he could wipe it out before that. But he does not work that way. He will allow you to go through something that you want him to take away. But he won't take it away. He'll use it in order to benefit you. You're holding on? Or to benefit somebody else. I look back at everything I asked God to take away that has become a testimony for me. Look at your life. Everything you prayed that God would move, look how it has became a testimony for you. At the time, you didn't see it as a testimony. You didn't see it as a blessing. 
you wondered why you were going through it. But in hindsight, you're like, thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to go through that because it has made me a better person. Lord, thank you for not moving that trouble out of my life because that trouble is the one thing that caused me to pray the way I need to pray. Lord, thank you for not moving that sickness because when brother so-and-so heard how I went through what I was going through, it encouraged him that you would bring him out the same way you brought me. He has so powerful to where he can just wipe it away. Listen, no. This going to benefit you or others. You just got to go through it the right way. You can't be like Israel because if you get to murmur and complain, and God will get in a hurry to cut you off. He went to Moses and said, Moses, I'm ready to cut them off. He said, let me cut them off and I'll raise up some more folk for you. He was going to keep Moses alive. Even though Moses was about 80, he was still going to keep Moses alive until he raised up other folk. But Moses interceded for folk that, that even though he interceded for them and God had mercy on them, they never did right. You can't mumble and complain. You, got, you just got to yield to God and say, God, I don't understand totally what you're doing, but I know you're right. I know who you are. You done been so good to me. I trust you with this. Lord, I trust you with allowing this to happen. I don't know what all is going to come out, but I trust you. David's son Solomon so understood how God was in, in charge even though he is deemed one of the wisest men to have ever lived. Not just in one century from the beginning of time. He penned in Proverbs 3, 5 and following trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. But Solomon, you wise folks came from, from countries, not just states. They crossed waters, not just one lake, not just one sea. They crossed waters just to get to you, to hear your wisdom, and you telling us to just trust in God with everything. You got to trust, especially when you're in trouble, when you don't know what to do, when you don't have the capacity to move what needs to be moved. You don't have the capacity to cause to happen what needs to happen. You got to trust God in his omniscience and omnipotence to do what the sovereign God does best. What is that prophetess Beasley? Be God. Can't nobody beat him at being God. 
can't nobody beat him at being God. I know folk got a whole lot of little G's, but can't nobody beat God at being God because he is the only living, true God. Oh, spread the news. Can't nobody beat God at being God. Even folks that try to tell you it's over, it ain't over until God says it's over. Why? He has the final say. He deemed himself the author and the finisher of what? Our faith. I'm going to be with you when you start working your faith in the beginning and just keep working your faith because when all is said and done, I'm going to be right there at the end with you. You know who I am. I'm Alpha. I'm Omega. I'm the first. I'm the last. I'm the one that was, that is, and is soon to come. I'm God. He had confidence. And see, we, we done been taught, but, but one thing we, we really have to grasp. That the Hebrew writer talked about in Hebrews 10 and 35. We have to grasp. That when it comes to what God has given us, according to his word, the knowledge and understanding that we have received, that gives us confidence in him, gives us confidence in the written and revealed word. We can never cast away our confidence. Let me sh- I got, I'm going to read it today. Go with me to Hebrews 10 and 35. Y'all stay with me. Y'all stay with me, all right? Hebrews 10, 35. I felt like humming a little bit, but I just want to get to the verse. <laughs> Hebrews 10 and 35. Therefore, do not cast away your which has confidence has benefits why you think the enemy tries to get you to look at what's going on instead of trusting God he knows that if you hold on to your confidence a benefit gonna come from it I, I've, been, I've been in situations where it was the worst and, and when you look at it that's all you saw was the worst but God taught me look see what you see Keep confidence in me. Lord, they done, they done said no so many times. Keep confidence in me. Don't give it up. And, and it took me years to learn that because I would allow what I was looking at to take my confidence away. Have you ever been guilty of allowing what you were looking at to take your confidence away? Have you ever allowed what you were experiencing to take your confidence away? And whenever you do that, you miss the reward. Cast not away whose confidence? Yours. It has what? There are certain rewards that are dependent on you holding on to what you believe. You'll only get that reward if you hold on to your faith, what you believe. And see, the enemy knows it, and that's the reason he fights you to take it away. 
He'll fight you with everything he has. And so you have to understand when, when the enemy is attacking your, your, your mind and, and you're going from battling that to battling this and it's just wrestling with you and the enemy tries to see you down. You ain't down, you fight. When the enemy is battling your mind and trying to bring confusion, don't say that you're doubting God. Don't say that you're, you're, no, no, no. That's just a battle that you're going through. You just got to keep fighting and saying, God, you're going to do it despite what I'm going through. In the midst of what Jesus was going through in his body, he kept saying, Lord. Or he kept using the word, I should say. Telling Satan, it is written. Hungry. Hadn't ate in 40 days, but he's still using the word. In the midst of what Job was going through. Look at what happened. He kept using the word. Down to skin and bones, but what did he say? I know my redeemer lives. He's living. I'm going through this. I don't know why all of this is taking place because it was bigger than him. But he knew that his redeemer lived. What was that? Confidence. And so the psalmist had confidence in three things that I want to deal with. And then I'm done. That's what he had confidence in. And it's clear in the text. Y'all read it? Psalm 138 and 7. Lord have mercy. First thing, you will revive me. You're going to bring me back to life. You're going to keep me alive. It ain't working right here, but you're going to revive me. Seem like I can't prosper in this area, but you're going to revive me. Lord, I've been stuck right here for three years now, but I know a change is going to come. Woo, say to your neighbor, I'm, I'm somewhere right now that I need God to revive. Woo, I'm in a place right now. Or you could be interceding for somebody. And say, Lord, I know you're going to revive him. I know you're going to revive her. But you got to speak it with confidence. You will revive me. When God revives you, it means he's going to make you better. Say to somebody, it's going to get better for me. It's going to get better for me. Even if it get hot, even if it get hotter first, it's still gonna get better. 
even if it get worse first, it's still going to get You got to know things going to get better for you and you have to be willing to do what's essential and significant in order to make sure it takes place in your life. You don't need to be talking so well I guess just my lot in life. My daddy was like this and I, 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 I Oh, you, 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 you a new creature. This is bigger than your natural birth, right? Say to your neighbor, I got a new daddy. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed. Say to your neighbor, look at me. I know I'm new. How many in here, you know you done changed? You know God done made you better. You don't have to go to 2 Corinthians to testify about being a new creation. You amaze yourself when you get in the mirror. You amaze yourself when you look at how far God has bought you. I know you're not what you I wasn't going to say that y'all interrupted me I know you're not what you desire to be yet or in the perfect place you desire to be yet but hadn't God brought you from a mighty long way Testify to three, four. God been good to me. God been good to me. He done brought me from a mighty, mighty, mighty long way. You may not have all that you want, but look at where you are right now. You may not have every bank account. You may not have the house that you desire. But look at how for God. Say to another person, news flash. You done came a long way. But God ain't through with you yet. God ain't done with you yet. God ain't through reviving you. God ain't through stirring you. God ain't through. You don't know what I done. It don't matter what you done been through. In your mind. In your body. It don't matter how old you are. God told Israel, I'm going to restore you like the eagle is restored. I'm going to make you new like I caused the eagle to be made new. Told Isaiah, pin this. Those who wait on the Lord shall 
shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as of an evil. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. I got to move on but tell your neighbor God ain't done with you yet. Well, you know I'm 70. It's getting time. And God ain't told you to sit down. Moses didn't get started in ministry until he was 80. You better read your Bible. Paul was up in age before he got started in ministry. Peter was up in age before he got started in ministry. God is not done with you. That's that human mind of yours. Putting all that junk up in there. If you're 65, you ought to tell for, I'm in my prime now. I'm, I'm, I'm in my prime. God, God, he, yeah, he was blessing me at 30, but 65 is, is good too. I'm, 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 I'm in my All right, sit down. Notice the next thing that he says. Notice this. You will stretch out your hand. Get this. Against the wrath of my enemies. You got enemies. You got unseen and seen enemies. And sometimes you are your worst enemy. You can be an enemy to yourself. You can be an enemy to your faith. God can be telling you to hush, but you still talking. You your worst enemy. Why? You still running your mouth. And God done told you to hush. And it's a good reason, biblically, why you should. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, now I'm, I'm going to show you a scripture that you really need to understand this. Now, notice again, before I go to the scripture, what the psalmist said. He said he had confidence that God was going to stretch out his hand against the wrath of his enemies. Wrath means that the person is so angry that it has moved the person to do something to harm you, injure you, or kill you. The person the demon or the thing that's fighting you has, has got to the place that is trying to injure, hurt, or kill you. And the psalmist, notice, he knew that the enemies 
that were attacking him, the implication, they were more powerful than him. He needed God to stretch out his hand. The hand of God represents his power. Let me show you something. And I hope you look at what I'm, what I'm getting ready to show you the right way. The psalmist knew he had enemies. But he also knew God's hand was powerful enough to do away with his enemies. Go with me to Job 1. I want you to notice this. I'm, I'm getting ready to close. Y'all just, just hold on. Y'all hold on. I'm, I'm getting ready to close. There's number two. I got one more. Y'all hold on. Job 1. I'm going to start at verse 9. The Lord been bragging on Job to, out of all folk, Satan. You know Satan, the chief enemy of God and, and the Satan. And whenever you see Satan, it also represents his demons or evil spirits. Notice this. So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? He knew Job was a worshiper. He knew he was a worshiper. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Understanding how they who keep his commandments. Right? That's Bible. Satan answered the Lord again and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his, his household, a family, and around all that he has on every side? He knew Job was blessed. The devil knew it. He had checked Job out. You know, he, he blessed on every side. You, you bless him and you protect. You watching over that boy. And notice what Satan knew about Job. You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But this is what I want you to get, verse 11. This is what Satan said to God. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. Satan knew about the power of God. He knew about the hand of God. Saints, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you hear, you, you have to remember God's hand. One writer said, his hand is not shortened that he cannot save. You have to remember the power of God. A power that can do anything thing save fail a power that cr can create things that we can see out of things get this we don't see God created the earth out of the unseen he just simply said let there be and all of a sudden it came he didn't have to get no construction company. He didn't have to get no blueprint. He knew exactly what a place that let it let it be a large light sun. It's, I'm gonna make it where it's dark in the evening. Let me put up a lesser light. Boo moon. 
Get this. What God created, folks worship now. You know why Satan tries to get folks to worship the moon and the sun? Because Satan wants us to focus on what is seen instead of what is unseen. Because the unseen is what God created with his hand, his power, or his word. All these three are synonymous. You have to understand God has a hand that we don't see. But it represents his power that can create or do anything save faith. And Satan knows it. That's the reason Satan makes it his business to cause us to stop trusting God to do what is nothing to him. God can just tell a person, take your bed up and walk. You've been here 37 years and you're trying to wait for somebody to put you, you dependent on folk instead of me. You murmuring about ain't nobody there to put you in the water for somebody else to get in. Do you not know I'm God? We ain't even worried about that water. Take your bed up. <laughs> and walk. That's his hand. That's his power. He didn't come to the pool to see the water. He come to the pool to show his hand. Jesus Christ the same. Let's go back to Psalm 138. Y'all looked at me when I said that. Now, sometimes you may not be ready for it. That's okay. But, but we need to know it even if we're not ready to receive it. We need to... We need to know that God has a hand that can do anything save. Finally, he says, your right hand will save me. You're going to save me. Now notice he in the midst of trouble. Remember the picture we painted earlier? Surrounded. No way out. But, but look at this. He hedged in. You're going to save me. He looked at all his trouble that was surrounding him. But he was, you're going to save me. What do you call that? Confidence. For a few seconds, look at your trouble. Visualize what you're going through right now. And say, these, say the same words. He said, you will save me. And you're going to do it with your right hand. You're going to allow Jesus. You're going to allow the word of God to save me. That right hand represents the power of God's word. He's going to use his right hand. To save me. Jesus is sitting at the right hand. Or the word is at the right hand. He going to use his word to save me. 
Folks so want a human hand to be put on them. But if we would just learn to receive God's right hand or his word as it was spoken. You'll start receiving your healing or what you need at your seat or if you're interceding for somebody else, you'll, you'll start receiving for them what they need. You will save me with your right hand. We're going to break it down. He's going to save me according to his word. Say to your neighbor, he's going to save me according to his word. Woo, one more time. He's going to save me according to his word. I got two scriptures I got to take you to and then I'm done. Y'all ain't happy yet. I'm going to shout myself. If y'all don't want to shout, I'll shout by myself and then dance by myself. Y'all ready? All right. Let's go to Psalm 18. Psalm 18. Lord have mercy. Because he, he going to pull out that hand and, and just going to deliver somebody. Lord have mercy. See, it, it, see, when you say it's your rhema, you got to understand if it's your rhema, that means it's the thing that's going to heal you or do for you what needs to be done. You need to say it's done then, and even if it don't manifest to 30 days later, you need to call it done time you get it. Man, them, them lepers received the word. Jesus said, I, I will that you be clean. They just started walking. They walked in what he said, and, and, and all ten of them believed it, walked in what he said, and, and, and while they were walking in it, they started to be cleansed. But it was a sanctified one among them that knew God needed to be praised for what was happening. Happening. And so he said, hey, y'all going back? They didn't want to come back. He said, I got to go back and tell him, thank you. Because he done let his right hand or his word heal me. He didn't touch him. He just spoke. And he came back to give God glory for his cleansing. And, and Jesus said, what, wasn't it 10 of y'all? He said, what are the nine that? He said, you're a foreigner. You ain't no Jew and you came back to give me praise. And he did. When you know it's your rainbow, you praise God right then. Even if it don't manifest until a month later. You me tell you why? Because once he uses his right hand or he sends forth his word according to Isaiah 55. It's not going to return unto him void. What is it going to do? It's going to accomplish everything, y'all holding on, that he sent it to do. Whatever he sent it to do, that's what it's going to do. And guess what? If he sent a word, prosperous, and, and when he sent it, telling you he's going to prosper you, but you reject that word, guess what? It still ain't going to come back to him. He's going to send it to somebody that's hungry enough to believe exactly what he said. Woo, y'all happy yet? Shout at somebody, I'm happy. I want this next scripture. All right, Psalm 1835. Notice this. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me, help me up. He was weak. But notice. That right hand 
hell, the power of God held them up. I should be dead. But his power is holding me up. They don't know my, my, my blood pressure is all out of whack. But it ain't nothing but God that enabled me to get to the church. He's saying what Paul realized in 2 Corinthians 12 that we talked about earlier. His strength is made perfect in our what? He's holding you up. It, it's some folk in here. You got, you got testimonies. Where you know it wasn't nobody but God that was keeping you. Keeping you alive. You, you should have been dead. But you, oh, God, it ain't nobody but God that's causing me to hold on in the midst of what I'm going through. You should have lost that house a long time ago. It ain't nobody but God keeping you in that house. And get this. It's folks that have lost stuff, but God is still sustaining them. Ain't he good? It don't matter what you go through. He's going to always be there for you. You're about to lose something. Guess what? He's holding you down. You done lost it. Guess what? He's holding you down. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. God is right there. Look at the text. This somebody's rainbow right here. Yes, it is. I just felt somebody. I felt your spirit. This is your rhema. Lord have mercy. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. You done held me up. When I should have failed. When I should have died. You held me up. They gave up on me. But you held me up. They said it was over for me. They said I couldn't have it. But you held me. Boy, that's some good word. Psalm 16, my last scripture. If you ain't got what I'm saying by now, you ain't going to get it. But I believe you got it. If you have, give God the praise. Come on, put, put your hands together if you've received We close in with a powerful verse. Psalm 16 and 11. Notice this confidence. You will show me the path of life. This just seemed like a good moment to just put Barry in now. I can't tell you what to do, but I, I mean, this just. I'm really seeing Barry. I'm, I'm seeing Barry right here, right now. I'm, this is a Barry moment. Are you, are you having your moment right now? This is a Barry. This is a Barry moment right here. See, you want me to go on. I just told you this is a Barry moment. So let me have my moment right now. I don't. When I come out here, I, I just. I, this is a Barry moment. Well, I'm going to share it since you don't understand. You will show Barry the path of life. 
This one went past bearing. I'm not selfish. I'm going to start over and let you put your name there. You will show the path of what? Do you know he can show you the path of light if, if you're in perfect health? Or if everything that can go wrong is happening in your life. If you just lost everything, he can still show you the path of life. If you just got hurt, just got stabbed in the back by somebody that you love, he can still show you the path of life. If it feels as if you you at your lowest moment in life, he can still show you the path of life. It, it don't matter. It, it don't matter if everything is wonderful, he can show you, or everything is worse, he can still show you. But notice this: you got to have confidence. I done been low, and I I, I have told God, God, you gonna bring me out of this. You're going to bring me out, Lord. Lord, you see this report, but, but, but you got the final say. I, I know you got the final say. I know you have, Lord. I know you got the final say, so you're going to turn this thing around. You got to use your confidence like he's using his confidence. You will show Barry the path of life. Put your name there one more time. You will show But then notice the vision. Notice the vision that this person has. Notice. In your presence is fullness of joy. How many can feel him right now? The joy of the Lord is our what? See, joy is not just when you're happy. Joy sometimes is that God is just strengthening you. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand. His right hand represents his, his word. His power. Our pleasures. Forever. More. You will show me a way out. And you're going to give me joy. And by your right hand or your word. You're going to cause me to experience. Pleasure. Notice. Not just pleasure. Forevermore. It speaks of God blessing him. On earth. And beyond. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. God bless you now. And it never ceases. All of this happens in the midst of trouble. But it only happens to folk that have confidence. Confidence in the midst of trouble. I'm done.